Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hadjassad, and with me, as always, is my good friend Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners, and I want you all to know that Sammy started today's podcast with a deep, deep sigh, like he was releasing (laughs) untold amounts of tension prior to our recording, so that bodes well, I think, for the next hour. Uh, I'll get into why I do that in just a minute, but first let me... Uh, introduce you a little bit better. Ben is a fantastic automotive journalist, and you can find his work at autoguide.com and a number of other uh, publications, including the New York Daily News, autotrader.ca, and Haggerty. I love your work on Haggerty, man. I paid him to say all of that. That's not true. Uh, The reason I sigh is because I have to leave some of my working stresses behind so that I can come and do this podcast. But then again, I'm also an automotive journalist who writes for autoguide.com, so I'm not that stressed out at all. Um, this week we have a lot to talk to you about. Uh, Ben, you went on a very, uh, a very unique soul-searching journey in Mexico. I ended up in Puebla City, Mexico, which is about two and a half hours, I'm going to say east, of Mexico City, and it is the birthplace, well, not necessarily the birthplace, but the very, very long-time home of the Volkswagen Beetle. The Volkswagen Beetle! The The Volkswagen Beetle. The car for the people, according to Volkswagen. Since, I believe, 1955 is when Beetle production moved to Mexico. I don't think it ended in the other location, in Germany. I think it just was complimentary, and then it eventually became the prime center for the Beetle. Uh, they built it in a number of other countries, obviously, and they built it in Brazil for a long time. But Puebla is where it, it was built the longest, and it's also where it was most recently built. The classic Beetle, anyway, was the last model rolled off the line in 2003, so about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the same time as they were building the classic Beetle... They were also building the new Beetle in the same factory, which I think is Whoa. fascinating. Yeah. So, like, the late 90s, when we got the the new Beetle, they built it in Puebla. And then when they redesigned the new Beetle to the second generation, which is just called the Beetle again, they kept it in the same spot. So, the reason I went down there, Sammy, is because 2019 is the final model year for the Beetle. And I know you've heard that before. Mm-hmm. I know you've been teased. I know you've cried tears. I know you've been... Just frustrated yeah. with, oh, there's so many, how many curtain calls is the Beetle going to get? I think this is probably the last one. What do you think? This is, this is the final curtain call? No, there's going to be, there has to be another Beetle. So there's going to be like a classic Beetle classic that's going to come out? Like, you, uh, Yeah, so there was original Beetle, there was the new Beetle, then there was Beetle, and then... Now there's son, be... son of Beetle, daughter of Beetle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beetle Junior or Beetle, Beetle Junior is is a good one. I think I would ride in a car like that <laughs> with a hat held down low over my eyes. <laughs> or or maybe it's like uh, or Beetle Two, and it's just like a crossover. So, I so I, I think you know personally, I've liked the Beetle. Uh, it what? Yeah, personally. I, per, Not... Personally. What, what do you mean? <laughs> Why are you not so any, shocked? <laughs> not any other qualifier. Uh, I'm just saying, I think that the Beetle has lost its place in the Volkswagen family because the Golf does everything the Beetle does and more, and it doesn't necessarily have the, I'm going to use the word burden of retro styling because whereas I like how the Beetle looks, I think if you don't like it, 
it's very polarizing. I don't I don't think some people are I don't think anyone's casually into the Beatle. I think you're either you think it looks great or you think it looks terrible. So I I, I the 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 golf has gotten all the attention. It's gotten the GTI. It's gotten the R. It's it's gotten the the two door, the four door, all this stuff. Whereas the Beatles kind of stayed the same for quite a while now, and there's there's no options for it. The the, the current model. The last model is very similar to last year's. They made a final edition. That's not what I'm talking about. I drove the final edition down there, and it has some styling stuff that's designed to to appeal to people, you know, who kind of want to, I guess, stay in touch with the heritage of the Beetle. But what I mean is, in terms of drivetrain, there's just the one, uh, just the, the the turbo four cylinder engine. It's under 200 horsepower. It's automatic only. It's it's what it's it's a very um, what you see is what you get car. And I think that that's really it, it's kind of died on the vine for Volkswagen. So I I like the car, but I don't think it's necessarily competitive outside of its styling. You, you get what I'm saying? Right. Um, I think the Beetle. I think I agree with you in a couple of ways. I feel like I feel like it's not quite the Beetle's fault that all of its uh, all of Volkswagen's other products are are better than it now. The Golf. Um, two door is available and you can get one of those. And in other markets you have that Scirocco, which is also quite um, stylish and, and and from what I understand, um, fun to drive as and well. And is there still a polo out there as well? Yeah, of course. And um, I'm I think it's a big it's a bit of a it's a sad thing that Volkswagen, while prioritizing these higher volume products, left the Beetle behind because it's such. I mean, I don't know if the styling is polarizing. I really don't think so. You don't think, think you don't think that there's people who look at it and say that looks like an old car or like a new car trying to look like an old car and and they're kind of turned off by that? No, the only I would say maybe the convertible looks a little a little off and I think that requires um um a special interest in order to to be into it. Um but why don't you like run down this is this is called the final edition. So yes. and well, I, I think in, in some other markets it's called something else. I think in Canada it's called the Wolfsburg edition. Yeah, it's called the Wolfsburg cuz Canada has better traction with that name. It, it it's I I mean there's not much to say about it in, in unless you're a real Volkswagen fan, you're not going to get too too excited. You get more standard equipment, you get this some special wheels that kind of look like the old dogdish chrome hubcaps that they used to have. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, the special colors, there's like a, a denim blue and a tan, I believe, and mm. you get special interior colors to go with that. It's, it's a fine package. I mean, you, you, get a lot of gear for it. And, uh, in the States, the, it, the positioning is different though. Like the Wolfsburg in Canada, if I remember correctly, it is the, the base model. Um, but in okay. the U S the final edition is only on the SEL and the SE and mm. that comes with a bunch of extra gear. Even in Canada, though, it's it's, it's well equipped for a base model, so it's they're, they're doing a decent job of sending it off. But the the things that were most interesting about the trip, it's not necessarily the car itself, because like I said, that the Beetle hasn't changed very much. Right. Uh, it was it was getting to see where it was built, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little controversial here and say I'm not usually into plant tours. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> they're pretty, they're pretty, uh, they're not very exciting. I mean, nothing interesting happens on the on the plant tour sometimes, well, unless you get to talk to somebody or you get to see something a very intricate part of the car getting um, put together. Now, see, this is where this is where Volkswagen really did things right because you're right. A, a lot of plant tours are boring because you walk around endlessly. You watch machinery do its machinery thing. You watch workers do their their special skilled tasks, and m- one factory pretty much looks like another, but 
for for the Puebla event, we knew things were going to be different when we got off the bus and they had this line of convertibles waiting for us. Uh, some of which were Beatles, some of which were four-door Beetle convertibles, or in the case of what I wrote in, what? A... what? <laughs> yeah, four yeah, four-door Beetle convertibles. Four-door Beetle convertibles, or in it, it, actually, I should say three-door because one side had two doors, the other side had a front door, and just like a like a, a velvet rope, <laughs> like in front of where another door would be. And I asked about it, and they're like, "No, nah, it's just always like this." And I'm like, okay, um, but uh, I rode in a in a golf. With no roof, a, a four-door convertible golf with three rows of seating, <laughs> and I was in the very back. This is—we yeah. were the last car in the in the in the caravan. It was a very large group of journalists, but uh, we—I was in the very back in the third row, so it was great. I could like perch up on what I tried not to cut myself <laughs> on anything that might be sharp after they took the sawzall to it. But I—I uh, I was perching up and taking photos inside the plant, which is another thing you're never allowed to do, or at least it's unusual in my experience. They, they usually put a little sticker over your over your uh, camera on your phone, and they—they—they they, they take your your actual camera away from you but in this case no they, they they let us take photos of whatever we wanted so i got to take a lot of really cool in action shots from this convertible i didn't have to walk anywhere <laughs> which was perfect because you're i don't like walking I don't, yeah, you're so lazy <laughs> i don't want to walk through a factory i just don't want to do it it's it's i mean and the other thing is i got a crazy sunburn because it's mexico and i'm a redhead i know that doesn't come across on the podcast if you've never seen a photo of me and i hope you haven't but I have a very fair skin, and uh, the Mexican sun, it, it, it kissed me all over. So that was really cool, uh, just having that experience, riding around, checking things out. But the coolest part, Sammy, was mm -hmm. we actually got to go on a checkout ride through the testing process that each and every vehicle that's manufactured in Puebla goes through. Oh, interesting. So, like, as soon as they come off the line, you get to take them for they, – they have to be taken for a, a quick spin to make sure that uh, everything's working? Yeah, it's it's actually a little more involved than a quick spin, um, which surprised me. They had they have a full test track. They do things like emergency braking in forward and reverse. They do high speed passing. They do top gear passing. They do uh, uh, they have a rutted road. They have a road with I guess elephant humps, like where they're checking suspension articulation on both sides. They have a water pressure test to see okay. how well the vehicle re resists water penetration. They have. Um, they also get out after the driving. They get out and they go through everything on the vehicle that someone might interact with. So all the hinges, the hood, the the trunk. They move the wheels. They they, they touch the wheels. They to, to see if there's any like um, weird. Uh, I guess if the hubs are loose, that kind of thing. Everything gets 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 used. And I was in a. What was interesting was I was actually in a Wolfsburg edition Volkswagen Beetle convertible because okay. you, you couldn't necessarily predict what's coming off the line. They make right. one every like one minute and 44 seconds. Um, and we were just in the general staging area where all of the vehicles that come off the line end up. And so I, I went with my friend uh, Fred Mercier and we drove through the, this whole process and uh, the vehicle that we were in was going to eventually be sent to Canada. So that was kind of cool. Cool. Um, what was it like driving in, in Mexico? Oh, man. Uh, oh. so this is my first trip to Mexico period. I, I've never been there before on vacation or for business or anything. So I had my eyes wide open. I was seeing a lot of things for the first time. Uh, I can say this, that on the, on the highways, the traffic regulations are seemingly entirely improvised. Things can get pretty dicey with uh, 18 wheelers just going four lanes over to catch an exit and <laughs> people using one and a half lanes, including our shuttle driver most of the time. 
Um, but actually driving around the the town of Pueblo is very big. I believe it's about three million people. And it's it's hard to get out of it. Like it's just it's it kind of a sprawling town. So even even though you've been driving for like an hour and a half, you're still on the outskirts of Puebla. And uh, it was it was entertaining. There's there's a lot of jousting going on from light to light between one vehicle and the next. There's a constant ballet with pedestrians as they move from one side of the road to the other, or just walking down the middle of the road around your vehicle, kind of like you're a, a stone in a streaming creek of humanity. Um, the, the, the thing I had to watch out for the most was if you're in like, let's say you're at a stoplight and you're in the left lane and there's three lanes, there's someone beside you in the middle, you can't count on them going straight. <laughs> like they might just turn left in front of you and you have to be ready for that because no one cares. <laughs> you have to really pay attention. Interesting. Yeah. So was, the, rule, the rules are a little bit looser there. Or, or like, uh, yeah, the, the traditions we're used to on the road. They're a little bit more... looser. And, and there's these buses. There's, like, public buses, and then I think they're private buses. And the private buses are these, like, big Chevy – I've never seen them anywhere else. They, they kind of look like a, a cross between a bus and, like, a snap-on parts truck. And they have big block engines, and there's no mufflers. And they just roar down the streets, and you have to get out of the way, man. They are not paying attention to what you're doing. That is your personal responsibility. And uh, that, that was fascinating. The, the, the other interesting thing is we were there on Dia de Muertos. So that's oh, a, a Mexican cool. yeah, a Mexican holiday, Day of the Dead, where they celebrate those who have passed on into the spirit world. And um, it, it was appropriate because, you know, the, the Volkswagen Beetle is dead. It's a dead car being driven on Day of the Dead. So there was a lot of symbolism and imagery to go with that. And it was just fascinating to, to participate in, in that culture, and especially at night when the entire city just came alive and there were people out in the streets partying and singing and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And I, I really appreciated being able to have that opportunity. Uh, do, you, do you like the, that connection, though, that you know the, the Beatle is, is passing on and we're going to now celebrate it in this, in this way? I mean, I, I don't think very many other automakers celebrate the, the, fi- the finishing of a, of a product just in the well, same way that Volkswagen does. That's pretty cool. It is cool, and it's fitting, too, because, as I mentioned earlier, the Beatles been a part of Puebla for decades, mm-hmm. decades and decades, almost half a century. And or actually, I think it has been half a century. So it's it means something to the community, too. And when we were out in the cars, we were, you know, in a essentially a, a caravan of Volkswagen Beetles. People would talk to us about them. They would point at the cars. They would ask us where we're going. They'd ask us what we were up to, it, it, even though it's a new car. And there's plenty of vintage Beetles on the streets in Puebla and the surrounding area. Even the, even the new car would attract attention. And that's because this car has put food on the table for so many people in Puebla. It's, it's not mm. just a cultural touchstone to them like it is for most of the rest of the world it, it's a very important part of the local economy it has been for a long time and so and, uh, go ahead then Sorry. no 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 ask your question what will replace the beetle at this plant ah do you uh, that that provides us with a fascinating segue sammy because the vehicle that is replacing the the oh, beetle is God. actually the volkswagen tiguan and the entire reason the Beetle is disappearing is because Tiguan sales are spiking and Volkswagen Beetle sales have kind of stayed flat. They're, they're not bad. They're not okay. great. They're just not super impressive. So Volkswagen, they build Tiguans on the same line as the Beetle and they had to get space to make more Tiguans. And the easiest call for them to make was to end the Beetle production. Okay. So Sammy well, – that that gets me curious. What, what did you drive last week? Uh, I, <laughs> did you drive a beetle murdering Tiguan? I certainly did, and now I don't like the. I I like it even less. Oh than, wow! Than before knowing that uh, this 
this Tiguan might be responsible for the death of the beetle. Oh, it's 100% responsible for it. I want to ask you straight up. I mean, did you enjoy driving this final edition um, beetle? Do you have any recommendations for it or the convertible uh, model? I do have a couple of thoughts about it. It is not a very quick car. No. With the six-speed automatic transmission, and I think it's 174 horsepower. Mm. It's not very quick off the line. It does fine in traffic. Uh, what I, what I take away from the driving experience is it's very comfortable. It's uh, even in the convertible. Um, it's easy to drive. You, you don't feel worn out, even though, you, like I was saying, I was in Pueblo traffic for a big slice of the afternoon. Uh, so I appreciated that about it. Um, the other thing to keep in mind about the Beetle convertible is it's the only four-passenger convertible, or, or sorry, the, the least expensive four-passenger convertible on the market. It's, it's cheaper than the Mini, it's cheaper than the Ford Mustang, and the Chevy Camaro. Interesting. So, yeah, and, and I say, you know, four-passenger kind of comes with an asterisk because it's not big. Yeah. Uh, so It's not you, comfortable. It's like uh, in, in a dire situation. Yeah, well, you put kids back there and they'd be fine. But it's, you know, if you can't justify a Miata because it doesn't have a backseat, you could justify a Beetle convertible is what I'm saying. Um, okay. I will admit that, um, I actually quite like driving the Beetle. There's something quirky about it and it, it used to have a far more interesting interior design. I think now it's, it's like the usual corporate Volkswagen interior design. And I think, I think that's a bit of a, uh, a missed opportunity. I think a car that looks as unique on the outside should look unique on the inside as well. Yeah, and and like you said, Volkswagen really backed away from doing anything with the Beetle, so it, it's lost a lot of the personality that it once had. I, I like how they evolved the shape. I think the exterior looks good mm-hmm. from a modern perspective, Absolutely. especially especially compared to the new Beetle, which was um, it asks you to make um, <laughs> it asks you to make some allowances and uh, very 90s era allowances. Okay, so let's just jump into the Tiguan then, because I drove a new Tiguan. I drove an R-Line trimmed Tiguan, which is supposed to be, you know, a little bit more aggressive looking. It's got some black um, um, accents and trim all around it. And uh, my opinion on the Tiguan has not changed since the last time I drove it, which is not a very positive experience. I won't say that the Tiguan is absolutely unviable because it's still a modern crossover. <laughs> That's so generous of you, Sammy. It's not absolutely unviable. <laughs> it is still a modern um, crossover, and it does a couple of things really well. However, I find that there's a lot of things about the Tiguan that just do not do not feel complete, do not feel finished, do not make me feel like they, it makes me feel like when they're designing it or, or the product planners ha- were, were looking at their product, they said, yeah, that's good enough, send it out like that. Ooh, and, and it, so wait, wait, let's 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 explore that because that's a really interesting opinion, and and it sounds like you have some individual examples of how that plays out with the Tiguan experience. Absolutely. I mean, let me start. There, there's, you know, how some cars have um, an area to store your sunglasses. Yes, this is starting to go off the rails already. No, it's not. <laughs> this car has what looks like a cutout for that sunglass holding th- that sun- sunglass holding compartment, but it's not usable. You can't press it, you can't open it. There's no, it's just there's the clear space for it, but it's not what you think it is. What is it? It's nothing. It's just a piece of plastic. It's just a thing. It's just a piece of plastic that has that etched outline of it being a compartment. Do you think there's like a like an, a Ray-Ban edition, a Ray-Ban edition Tiguan where you get an actual <laughs> a compartment? Glass holder? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's probably what they're waiting for. Wow, but isn't that what the R line stands for? Isn't it Ray-Ban? Ray-Ban line? Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, 
Then there's other other items that are like that. Um, when you press the button in the cargo area to lower the rear seats so that they fold flat, they don't really do anything. They move slightly forward and then they stop. They don't fold completely flat. They don't stay in their position. They just they like lurch and then they're they don't finish the job. They just stay halfway up. So you have to go to the rear seats and the, and you have to open the rear uh, doors and then finish folding the the seats down and so what what's the point of it I, I i'm not quite understanding what the button does what the button does yeah what the button does unlock those seats from that position but doesn't make them complete that 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 folding process which is annoying you have to agree that's annoying yeah i i don't want a multi-stage <laughs> way to get the seats right. we had we had uh, a snow brush in the trunk of the vehicle that's what we end up we just used the snow brush to push the seats back down from from over there I admit, um, that, I admit that that is pretty weird there's there's other elements i mean let's go into the virtual cockpit which is the dashboard um the the, the digital dash on the tiguan very cool it's it's Borrowed heavily from Audi. However, it seems like certain um, customization or options for what you can put in certain compartments of the display are limited. You can't choose exactly where you want things to be, which is annoying because other cars allow you to tailor your digital dashboard to whatever you want it to be. And One, is the, wait, be, before you continue, is the R-Line, I mean, price-wise, are we looking at we're kind of near the top of the Tiguan world or is it in the middle? Yeah, there's two. There's an SEL R-Line and there's an SEL Premium R-Line. So they're uh, the the most expensive model you can get and the third most expensive model you can get. And then the SEL Premium R-Line Rayman Edition. Yeah, is is coming uh, from what I understand when okay. we go to the uh, 2019 Sunglass Show. Um, Adjacent to the boat show. <laughs> there, yes. Um... Oh, yeah. So, you know, one of the cool tricks of the virtual cockpit is that you can put the map in that whole digital dash, right? Yes. You've seen that. It's a pretty cool I've seen function. It. I've when seen you do it. I was impressed that you were able to do it. I was like, this guy's a real pro. When you do that, you can't have that map at the same time on the central display. So you can't have two maps at the same time and you're no. complaining about that? So, well, You're saying, two, Sammy, two maps Hadjassad needs to have a dual map. This, wait a minute. If they make a Ray-Bans edition and you can't have the map projected onto your Ray-Bans, are you going to complain about that? Yeah, too? 100%. What I'm trying to get at is if you wanted the map, I mean, if you want to look at the map as a, as a driver and then your your passengers wanted to see where your the map as well, you, what, you want them to crane their neck? It's like a private situation. No, this like, map is only for me. I'm the only one who can see it. And that's all that matters, right? See, this is why it's important that we're both on this show because we have such, <laughs> such divergent opinions. My passengers always have a black sack over their heads. And it's really not an issue for anybody. They get where they're going when we get there, and everybody's happy. Is that because they're terrified of the neighborhoods and the the shortcuts that you take? No, no, no. It's like with the it's like when a bird goes to bed, and you put the little <laughs> you put the bird thing over the cage so they can't see out, and they just go to sleep. It's just easier, Sammy. Right. Um. You 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 and I have been on road trips. You you know I've given you I've handed you the bag before, and you knew what to do. Yeah, I remember. But I fell asleep. That's all I did. Exactly. It's perfect. It's perfect. And then I get to listen to my music, and I don't have to hear you complaining. Yeah. 
Um, okay, but then there's the other things about the Tiguan that just aren't up to spec. I find it very noisy. I find the engine to be very uh, like like rumbly and, uh, and coarse sounding. Um, I don't like the way the transmission changes gears. It's uh, a little abrupt. It's it changes gears at a really low RPM, and that just causes even more um, almost like lugging sound. In is and you think that's for gearbox. fuel mileage? I can imagine that's probably for for an attempt to save fuel mileage, but I, this vehicle wasn't particularly um, thrifty at the at the pumps. I'm not sure what the rated fuel mileage is, but I mean, after uh, a few days of of driving around town, it was still um, like almost half a tank was was used, and that was that wasn't it's not expected. So and and I believe all the Tiguans come with the same two liter turbocharged four cylinder, mm-hmm. right? That's right. And so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the Tigmon pile here for a second just to say that I do not enjoy that drivetrain in that vehicle. I think when they made it bigger, they didn't take that into account with the engine and the transmission, and I felt like it's kind of a mismatch, and it's not as smooth as it needs to be, like you said, and it doesn't feel up to par, especially when you look at some of the other turbocharged uh, options from say Kia and Hyundai in that segment, or even Ford, mm-hmm. where the, the power delivery is just so much more immediate. 23 miles per gallon is what you can expect um, out of out of this car, and uh, I'm not I'm not impressed by that that figure and all too much either. So you're, what you're saying is the Tiguan is not competitive. Is that how you feel? Is there is there any reason why someone should buy this? Like, what, um, is there anything that stands out about it? It has certain Volkswagen qualities, which is a very clean interior design. Um, I don't mind the the controls, like the the interior controls and the switch gear. Some people find them a little too familiar, a little bit too much like, say, a Jetta, which is their base model here what's, in what's North America. What's too familiar? Like, what, you want to be confused by these controls? What no, you I think that? you want something that looks and feels special and unique to the Tiguan, and some people are like that. Um, I don't mind them. I think they're pretty. They're actually pretty quality um, switch gear. I love the feeling of... Um, Meant using many of the controls in this car, uh, there's a really nice, you know, tactile feel to everything that you do. Um, I also found the front seats to be somewhat, uh, actually, pretty supportive. I really liked sitting in the front seats. The rear seats, on the other hand, are flat and they're not very um, comfortable at all, which is um, a, another missed point right there. Um, it does come with a fairly nice infotainment system. It has Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, and that's pretty handy. And I do think that there's some pretty good storage space throughout the cabin as well so they've done a couple of things pretty nicely but i just don't think it's the complete package that so many crossovers are billing themselves to be i have a question on the website volkswagen selling the tiguan limited and the tiguan is the tiguan limited last year's tiguan that's correct yeah wow okay and not even last year's tiguan though like several well, like years. The, last gen- the last generation Tiguan. Yeah. That's a couple years ago now, isn't it? Two years, I think, right? That's interesting. I like that last generation model because it was a really nice small size, and the new Tiguan has become quite large. And... It has become quite large. You know, the, the, the thing about the older Tiguan that I didn't like was pricing because I feel like for the features mm. you were getting, it wasn't competitive. But it, I, that's kind of different now that they that things are – they have the new Tiguan, which is at two grand more. Uh, and uh, kind of leaves the the original OG Tiguan or Tiguan Limited. I don't know why it's called that in in the value leader spot. Do you think they should change the name? Because I think other automakers have done this as well. Wait, where they... are you are you saying that the combination of tiger and iguana is not an appealing? Name no, no, for... I love the name Tiguan itself. I I don't like the idea of calling the two gen the last generation model the Tiguan Limited. 
I think you, they should make it like a trim level, like you just said, the OG model, like that. Or the, the take trim one level OG. <laughs> take, take one, one OG. city. <laughs> yes, they did that, right? I, I kind of, they did do that I, I, with the golf. I, I kind of feel like selling the old model is lose lose from every marketing perspective. Because <laughs> like, if you're the salesperson, what do you say? You're like, hey, I can sense that you're cheap, so let's go over here to the other side of the showroom where you can spend less on something that's. Five, six, seven years old. But not used. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get the, the old Tiguan, but you're going to pay a new price. And they, someone's like, all right, that sounds good to me. <laughs> I feel, uh, yeah, I feel bad for that guy, I guess. Um, what else? There, there, it was actually a really exciting week in automotive news. So How I talk exciting. About, I want to talk to you about some of the things that I saw happening. First of all, um, they've leaked the name for the new Jeep Wrangler pickup. It's going to be called the Gladiator. How much do you like that? I, I, You know, it's a leak, but, like, what else would they have called it? Like, I, th- th- I thought for sure they were going to call it the Scrambler. What? Why? Because that's just the right name. It's a Wrangler pickup. It's a I don't know. Scram- I think the words Scramble and Scrambler have kind of fallen out of usage. No, no one really says, hey, he's a real Scrambler. It's just not – I don't know. I but, mean, uh, Then again, dubbing someone a gladiator is, like, the truest – it's, like, an all – it's a very high – praise from from your buddies you know it, that guy really when has anyone ever called you a gladiator like uh, all the time ben i'm what do you gladiate first of all i gladiate in my own dojo all oh that's every, right everyone every week. everyone for everyone who's not familiar with sammy's life off the podcast he's actually an accredited uh karate instructor and he he is a licensed <laughs> lethal weapon with his bare hands. So that's why we do the podcast recordings remotely. Yes, because Ben knows that if he gets on my wrong side, that's it. No, I'm not. It's just he's an, he cuts an intimidating figure. Um, okay, Gladiator. So, yeah, and you can link in. The th- cool thing about Gladiator is you can link in the Russell Crowe ad campaign. I mean, it pretty much just writes itself. And he's obviously not busy. <laughs> right. And, and the American Gladiator's is going to make a comeback if it hasn't already made a comeback. I'm sure it has. No, <laughs> it's, it's American Ninja now, isn't it? Oh, is that the same thing? Well, they should bring back American Gladiators and it should be a tie-in with Jeep. That'd be great. Right? Yeah, that's that's great. Let's try to revive two retro properties at the same time exactly. instead of just relying on Rus- Russell Crowe's <laughs> incredible charisma and not at all controversial public image. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, Gladiator, it's cool. Uh, we had uh, a friend of mine, uh, Beverly Braga, who's a journalist, was an uh, automotive journalist based in Detroit, was driving today, and she snapped a picture of the Gladiator driving down the highway beside her. So that was kind of fun. It's I assume it's going to be on display in L.A. Is that right, Sammy? Uh, that's what I understand, too. Yep. Um, there's some other things that are coming along. Toyota actually dumped a whole lot of interesting news on us. I just want to interrupt you for a second. We talked about Russell Crowe multiple times, and at no point did you say, are you not entertained? <laughs> and that's a level of self-restraint that I have to take note of and applaud. It's tough. What can I say? Um, okay, let's talk about the Toyota news. That's, what, that's the main reason. I just couldn't wait to talk to you about some Toyotas. All right, let's do it. It sounds exciting. What, hit, me, hit me with the details. Tw- 2020. You know what yes. car is coming in 2020? No. The Toyota <laughs> Corolla uh, sedan. Oh, okay, this is not the Toyota news I thought we were going to talk oh, about. No? We're going to skip this immediately and go to the <laughs> second Toyota news. Okay, here comes the other Toyota news. Toyota debuts, track-tuned, 
You know what this is, baby. It's I, the Camry and Avalon TRD. That's okay. what I that's why I sighed at the beginning of the of the podcast. <laughs> I, I have so many questions. Yeah, First of all, go ahead. What There's track? no answers. There's what? no answers here. <laughs> I'm sorry. TRD like, edition. What yeah, track? What track? what track am I taking the camera TR, camera the Camry TRD <laughs> track tuned vehicle to? I, I I just want that answer because then that might give me a clue as to what track I would also take my matching Avalon TRD <laughs> to. I mean, uh, okay. So now I'm sighing. You remember that the Avalon looks basically like a giant grill on wheels, right? <laughs> I like the Avalon. Stop talking. Stop talking. Well, now it's a giant grill in side skirts and spoiler on wheels. It's true. I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it is not at all graceful. It's it's it is like a caricature of like what someone thinks a fast sedan should look like. And here's the thing: we don't really have a lot of information about what TRD is going to be doing to these cars. But I'm going to what? personally no, I mean, look at all this. Look at all this. I they've got um there's got uh pistons piston calipers. What? <laughs> yeah, look. All right, oh, fine. They have bigger brakes, for sure. Okay. They have lower lowering springs. Okay. So it's not it's like a half tractor now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that to disparage Toyota. Every family sedan has a very tractorish ride height. It's just how it is. They're TRD shock absorbers. Um 44% more roll stiffness in the front, 67% in the rear. Woohoo. Uh they're wider wheels now too. Eight and a half inches wide, but lighter. Oh, cool. There you go. Yeah. That's what we needed. 3.1 pounds. You're really going to notice that in an Avalon. And then TRD body kit. Splitter, side skirt, spoiler, rear diffuser. Apparently, they're functional and add stability. Not available with the TRD. More power. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, what happened to the days when TRD was building superchargers that you could put on the Tacoma? They also sold a $26,000 supercharger for the 86, if I remember correctly, for racing application. Wow. <laughs> and so they, it, you had to buy two of them, if I remember correctly. Look, I'm I'm all for vehicles that are more fun to drive. Mm-hmm. I actually like the Avalon a lot. It makes a lot of sense when it's not in TRD form. <laughs> and I like the Camry a lot, too. Okay. I don't want a TRD a... version of either of those vehicles. <laughs> I think they made they missed an opportunity with the TRD Camry because it would have been the perfect answer. Maybe not perfect. It would have been an answer for the Honda um, Accord Sport with the manual transmission. And well, if what they about had... the the Ford Fusion Sport with the 325 horsepower? That's also true. And the TRD uh, Camry has no answer to either of those except for it has a spoiler and. A it, it looks like it's got some red gauges inside and like. Red seat inserts is 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 that accurate? I mean, I'm I, yeah. I, I, I would love to meet the person who said, yeah, I was gonna buy this uh, fusion, this 350 horsepower fusion, but then I saw the red gauges in the uh, Camry, and that just pulled me. That yeah, and it was yeah. like a total like a deal breaker in reverse. You know what I mean? Like where it makes the deal instead of breaks the deal. And long story short, I drive a Toyota. <laughs> like, that's the ad campaign. Magic car for their to- for their taco TRD. That's all they wanted. Forget it. Forget it, Russell Crowe. I mean, we <laughs> we're just gonna hire that guy. I, I I I'm gonna be honest. These cars make me sad. Like I, if you're gonna make a TRD version of either of these vehicles, it has to be so over the top that people sit up and go, "Hey, wow!" 
Hey, uh, because wow, what did you do there? Not that's where that's the world we live in now. I mean, we live in a world of Hellcats and elephants, right? Like, it, they, if you want <laughs> to impress people, and, Pan, and Hell Pangea, <laughs> Hell Pangea, yeah, I don't know what that is, but anyway, um, if you're gonna, if you want to snag eyeballs, you got to go over the top, and I, they're probably gonna sell conservatively. 15 of these Avalons. I mean, they might sell more Camrys. I just don't know if the Avalon buyer is going to go go for this. And uh, why not give them some cra- 400 horsepower? Let's do it. You're not going to sell them anyway. Yeah, put so a great <laughs> NASCAR engine in there. Yeah, just, just come on, man. Like, Toyota, you've got the engineering to do this. And I believe, I mean, I just drove the, the new, uh, we talked about it this summer, but the Cor- Corolla hatchback. It's good. And that's a fun car to drive. And that's why I brought the sedan earlier. I think that, you know, as as interesting asterisk as these suspension updates are, if they had more power, the cars would be more intriguing to, to go with that suspension. Right. I, that's just how I feel. I mean, I'm not the target market for either of these vehicles. Yeah. I don't think that target market exists necessarily. <laughs> But uh, it's it just seems so strange. I agree. Okay, so I want to spike the punch a little bit here, and I've got a new Lamborghini, a one-off Lamborghini um, called the SC18, which looks really sharp. It looks like a, a, the old one-off, the Venino, and maybe a little bit like the Sesta Alimento. And so basically it's this black and red. It's, uh, it looks like a Huracan. But they oh, so it's, it's cool when Lamborghini adds red, but <laughs> when Toyota does it, it's like a non-starter. <laughs> Why you gotta? Th- I, I, we used to be friends, Ben. Why you gotta throw me on the under the bus immediately? Because I have to defend myself against your karate skills by building a sarcastic shell between us. It's the only thing that you can't penetrate with your lightning fast reflexes. Um, I'm almost certain it's a hurricane. Let me take a look at it. Uh, is it a hurricane? It looks like a hurricane. I don't think it's a hurricane. Well, it uses the V12 like an Aventador, which is which is what makes me think otherwise, which is pretty cool. And it makes a buttload of horsepower. Holy moly, 770 horsepower. Um, and it still uses that fantastically terrible um, seven-speed gearbox that changes gears very slowly and very harshly. Um, very similar to that SVJ spec Aventador that we had our buddy Brad Iger come on the podcast to talk about. But this looks this looks wild. This looks insane. It has 109 millimeters of ground clearance. <laughs> I, you know, I've said this before, but I just can't get excited about this. What? About cool one-off Lamborghinis? It's a car that I'll never drive and probably never see. Yeah, that's pretty low on the Ben getting excited scale. Uh, Okay, then my last option here is to talk to you about the new um, Aston Martin DBX. You promised me we weren't going to talk about this. I know. I can't believe you're just ambushing me. This is why I can't be emotionally vulnerable with you. Because what happens is I end up with my heart on the floor. And well, that's just what happened. That's true. But this is the Aston Martin DBX. It's this big-ass SUV. It's Aston Martin's attempt to making something to compete with, like, um, the Porsche Cayenne. And this is what's going to help them make more sports cars, you know, in the same way that Porsche did. They, you know, they made the they made the Cayenne, they made the Macan, they made the Panamera, and now we have the best Porsche sports cars uh, than ever before. So you got to be psyched up for the DBX, right? You know what? Every time I see a Bentayga, yes. I die a little inside. Really? Every time? Every time. There's am... plenty alive, I've noticed. So. Well, I, I try to turn my head as quickly as possible to, to preserve <laughs> my, my spirit. Uh, uh, 
I don't have anything against this vehicle, I guess. I am not interested in these vehicles either. Listen to Ben talking about what he's not interested in. A whole podcast where Ben just says, no, I'm not into supercars. No, I'm not into super high-end luxury SUVs that have no, no reason to exist. No, I'm not into Avalon and Camry CRD. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy's trying so hard to engage, and I'm just slapping <laughs> his hand away like a child. Um, it, Aston Martin builds incredible cars. This is just something that they're building for economic reasons, exclusively for economic reasons. It, no one, no one, when they were a kid, dreamed of one day designing an SUV for Aston Martin. <laughs> so it's really hard to to get into it. What do you think, Sammy? Are you so psyched for this vehicle? Um, in a way, yes. I think it can't be that bad. I think the Panamera, I mean, sorry, the, the Cayenne have proven to us that interesting SUVs do exist. They're out there. And they just have to be made by the right company. And I think maybe Aston Martin is the is the company that can do that. Apparently, it's set to be unveiled at the end of next year. So they've got a lot of time to reconsider the decision and not build it. <laughs> okay. And for we have one final surprise for the podcast. Which yeah. Was and, something and, that we worked on uh, before jumping on the podcast, which is rare. We usually don't talk about the podcast until five minutes no, before the podcast. No, it's forbidden forbidden uh it, it's you know we were just with the vehicles we just talked about that lamborghini sc18 and the aston martin dbx car names are so boring these days and this is not a new idea this is not something that we came up with but we we, we realized that people have kind of stopped naming vehicles after animals isn't that right sammy like this yeah. the tiguan i guess but um aside from the mustang there's not all that many out there right now. i think i brought this up because i saw the logo for the bronco and i was like that's just another horse logo like <laughs> do you know do you remember this in a world where horse logos have taken over branding we one have... man <laughs> is planning to resist with some type of comedy <laughs> and i said there needs to be other animals that people could be making you know that could be using as 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 logo logos yeah, you there, did there one immediately so many what, what, what would yours what would yours be what would what was what's your go-to <clears throat> animal there's no fish there's no fish car logos have you noticed that uh well there used to be the tiburon right which had a shark and the amc marlin i think you said yeah there was the marlin yeah there was the marlin and there was the <laughs> there was the renault salmon which no one bought <laughs> Isn't it a, a barracuda as well? I guess there's a barracuda, but yeah. those are all gone. There's nothing They're happening all gone. right now. So, so mine is the kingfisher, right? All right, and it's this big fish. Even though I think a kingfisher is a bird, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're branding right. now. Just go with it. And um, and the slogan is, "We're all hooked on speed." Or something like that. I don't know. That's that's what I got. Hooked all on right. Speed. So mine mine would be mine would be cheetah. Right. And the logo would just be blood splattered on a white background. Oh, no. And the catchphrase underneath would be, Cheetah, I thought you knew. <laughs> okay, so I thought, I was like, I want to do more more cat logos. Cats are the perfect, you know, representation of, of speed and fierceness and, you know, the king of the jungle and stuff. But there's already one out there. And I was going to pick, a, a le like, my car company is now called Leopard. And the slogan is... It's not a jaguar, and that's it. <laughs> I feel I feel like leopard is the perfect name for like a China market, Chinese market automaker, like where they they're just like, hmm, it's close enough to jaguar, and we probably won't get sued, especially if we just I don't know, give the logo some glowing eyes or something. 
I feel like I feel like if I was gonna if I was gonna pick like y- you also have to go back into the the mythology like right. animals that uh, I mean I I don't know why I'm saying that because I, the animal I have in mind is real. <laughs> it's a <laughs> narwhal. The narwhal. It's not a mythological a creature at all. Yeah, the whale. The whale. The narwhal. The narwhal. Whatever you want. I don't I don't know the correct Scandinavian pronunciation of it. But the logo. It's just a four foot chrome spike that extends from the hood. And the catchphrase is more than a legend. Oh my god! So you got all these cars with these giant erections coming out of the hood. It's not an erection. It's it's an, an a logo. <laughs> got you. Um, I also was like, I'm into the idea of um of like um of like insects. You know, the beetle is a is a beetle. It's a but it didn't use the logo of a beetle. So let's have this new SUV. It's called the Earth Snake, but the logo is an <laughs> earthworm, and the slogan is. The early bird gets the worm, but no one gets the earth snake. <laughs> no one get, no one catches it. No one gets it. But also, no one gets it, like, intellectually. No, of course. It's an earth snake? Are you sure it's not an earthworm? Um, so I, I was thinking, like, you know, I don't know why mine are so violent. <laughs> but I had another idea. I, I'm surprised there's never been – so I didn't know this, but in Mexico – the F-150 is sold as the Lobo. Did you know that? No, that's a cool name. Yeah, so Lobo means wolf in Spanish. Nice. So I was thinking, why don't we have any English English wolf-related terms? So I was like, you could have a car or a truck called the Alpha Wolf. Right. And the slogan is, join the pack. <laughs> and you have to say it like that every time. Like It's like, snap, snap into a Slim Jim. Join the pack. It's the same thing. But the logo, <laughs> the logo, it's a wolf with like a baby in its mouth. But but it's holding the baby in a tender way with its and mouth. Like like the baby is actually it's wrapped in swaddling clothes and it's being carefully transported <laughs> by the alpha wolf. And actually, alpha wolf only makes minivans. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a very nurturing join the pack kind of idea. <laughs> that's I that's had, where I went with it. I had a car. It's just called the Ant, and uh, the slogan is. <laughs> It's joined the colony. But what's the logo for the... Is it like a it's hive? It's an ant. It's just a single <laughs> ant. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, instead, yeah. Of, instead of dealerships, it has colonies. Exactly. That's the best part, really. And when they well, come it, together, they can achieve anything. Yeah, well, that's like what we like. They also about. lift ten times their own weight. Oh, of course. Um, so if you out there in if you're still listening <laughs> and you have animal car ideas of your own that you'd like to send our way, Sammy, how could they do that? Oh my. They can do that by coming to the podcast uh, website. That's unnamedautomotivepodcast.com. And while you're there, you can not only check out um, ways to contact us. We have a contact form there. Um, you can also see our Twitter and Instagram. Well, there are links there, right? There's links to there our... There are links. Okay. Yes, there are links. There's a link to our Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Sammy underscore ha, like you're laughing, as I've done throughout this whole podcast because I just can't keep it together. Um, or you can go to uh, see Ben's Instagram account. He's at Hunting Benjamin. Um, as I said, there's a contact form there. Or you can send an email to one of us. You can send it to Ben. He's uh, Benjamin at BenjaminHunting.com. Is that right? And that is correct. Okay. And Sammy, what are we going to be talking about next week if we're not talking about more animals? Oh, man, I don't even know. Uh, I've got more crossovers to talk about, as always. Um, but uh, we got to start we got to start talking about uh, driving in the in the snow and all this fun stuff that's happening because you're like snowed in, aren't you? Yeah, it's terrible that I don't want to talk about it. So let's <laughs> skip that. 
Uh, next week, I'm going to be talking about the Ford F-150 diesel that I drove for a week. Uh, that was my first time with that. Oh. It's currently the only diesel full-size truck on the market because the Ram still hasn't confirmed whether we're going to get an eco diesel for 2019-2020. Uh, but I have some things to, to say about it. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Sammy, you really have no idea what you're going to talk about next week? Just leave me hanging like that? Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna All right, that's cool. <laughs> Uh, if you want to hear more surprises, listen to all of our past episodes of the podcast um, or listen to all of our future episodes of the podcast, not with our unique time machine that you have, but by subscribing to our podcast on either um, Apple iTunes, um, Apple Music, Google Play Podcast, Google Play Music, uh, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and other pod cl- pod client- podcast clients <laughs> that you may have. Um, or you can go to our website and go to Unnamed Automotive Podcast and you can see all of our past episodes and listen to them as well. Hey, you know, it's funny to mention time travel. I was thinking like my last car, it's not animal related, but it would be called The Time Cop. Oh, you're obsessed with this movie. What? And 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 the car would let you look in, it can look into the past and it accesses check engine lights from before you even bought the car. Like that's, and just, that's what just... happens if it runs into the same problem? It currently have no. It can't. The it, that's the thing. They can't occupy the same space. So it's only one problem at the, at a time. The logo for the car is the splits, <laughs> and the slogan is "You're always at the mechanic." <laughs> well, so thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, hope to hope to have you back next week. Bye.